Hello, I'm John Deeks and welcome to the Your Life Choices podcast. For over 22 years now, Your Life Choices has been providing Australians with essential news, articles and retirement resources. And with over 270,000 members and growing, Your Life Choices is Australia's longest established and most trusted digital destination for the over 50s. And my special guest today is Lara Shannon, a pet behaviourist, TV presenter, producer and author, and one of Australia's most well-known animal welfare advocates and canine experts. Lara's work helps improve the lives of companion animals, and that's what we're going to talk about today, and is an ambassador for the Second Chance Animal Rescue, and along with yours truly, ambassador for Companion Animal Network Australia. Lara's mission is to help reduce the needless euthanasia of adoptable shelter animals and hope to move that to zero. Along with Lara, we have Dynamite Darcy and Vindi. But first of all, hello, Lara. Hello. How are you? Oh, look. Now, who, who, who are you patting at the moment? This is Bucky. This is the neighbour's dog. So he had a sleepover last night so they could get a good night's sleep. Hi, Bucky. <laughs> and who else have we got? Now, we've got this, this one here you said. Now, be very careful. Oi. Just uh, just, just be, be nice and don't do anything dramatic. <laughs> That's right. This is Vindi. So he's my most recent rescue. I got him at the start of the first lockdown it was. Okay. He needed a home. His owner had found himself homeless um, and he had rather severe anxieties. After about six months, we decided he was going to stay with us. And then there's this, Who's this little cutie, cutie here that's uh, trying to cr- crawl up rat. onto your lap. Yes, this is the little rat with a fur coat we call Dynamite Darcy. Hey, Darcy. <laughs> hey, Darcy. Yes, thank you. I'm getting lots of love, lovely kisses. <laughs> he loved giving kisses, this one. You, you and I are, are sort of partners now because uh, Trish Innes from uh, the uh, Animal Care Network um, has uh, the Companion Animal Network Australia has asked us to, uh, to be uh, ambassadors. What are we supposed to do? I think we just fly the flag for uh, helping people with their companion pets have long, happy lives together and hopefully keep them out of shelters. Their main aim of a lot of their program is to really help keep people together and really build on that human-animal bond. Well, that's what I'd like to talk about today because uh, obviously many of our members at Your Life Choices are seniors who have probably had pets and maybe the pets have passed away. And I know that uh, I've been on radio quite often and talking to people who've lost pets and they've been a bit reticent about getting another one because nothing's going to replace little PP or whoever was there. Uh, but we want to talk about the practicalities of owning a pet when you're getting on in life, both the costs, what kind of pets right, etc., etc. So um, what's been your... Uh, what's been your experience when it comes to the senior members of our community and pets? Yeah, I think one of the hardest parts of getting older, and we're all getting there as well, is the fact that many of our animals do live so long as well. And we need to, I guess, think ahead about our choices. You know, I've seen even some rescue dogs be rehoned with some very inappropriate choices as well. I've seen American staffies that have got severe anxiety, you know, be sent home with a pensioner. And of course, it just ends up being far too much. They physically can't deal with it as well. So I think it is something we need to consider, one, the type of pet that we're getting um, as we're getting on, and then also particularly like some birds can live up to 60, 70, 80 years of age. So if you're considering a bird out there, you need succession plans. So there's actually quite a lot to think about. And then, of course, there is the cost because there is a lot of care involved, particularly our pet dogs in, you know, their regular and now cats annual checkups, flea vaccinations, all those things that they need ongoing, which aren't cheap. No, and uh, I know I just recently got a, um, 
a Siamese, and a friend of mine had a, had another Siamese. They said, oh, yeah, it lived to about 15, 16 years of age. I think, hang on, I'm 71 now. That means I'm going to be, oh, blimey, it's going to outlive me probably. Yes, and, you know, and that's the thing. And, and we, we've got to be realistic as well. You know, I've had my auntie who's, I think, 84 and she wanted to get a puppy and I I was very blunt. I was just kind of like, you're mad and <laughs> and the dog's going to outlive you. Sorry, Auntie Nan, but no. <laughs> uh, a, a lovely friend of mine looks after my uh, 12-year-old little Shih Tzu mm. and she, the dog, uh, is gorgeous and very, very calm. And my friend, Mary, who looks after, is is very, very calm. And they just sit together on the couch, the right kind of pet for the right kind of person for the right kind of age. Let, let's uh, start at the beginning. Um, if someone was going to be looking for a pet and they're of a certain age mm-hmm. and we'd like to have it rehomed, uh, because that, that's a great way to go, of course, what are some of the starting points? So often, um, so if someone is looking to get a rehomed pet, is that what you mean? Yeah, so rescuing one. And there's a lot of rescue groups because it can be hard to adopt a dog um, and a lot of people find that. But Why is that? I think a lot of it because a lot of the dogs do have anxiety and they've been in and out of the shelter environment, in and out of, yeah, we're talking about you, Vindi, in and out of um, different homes. And so actually that's where um, with some of the older dogs that are looking for a home and an older person, that's where they actually do match them up quite well. So because they recognise that the dog needs someone that's around home all the time, someone that's going to care for them. And a lot of the older dogs, you know, a lot of people don't want them. They all want the young puppies. Um, So actually it can be a really perfect match for an older person to get an older dog. And rescue groups really do recognise that. I know that when I got my first dog, which was a rescue dog, uh, I sort of walked along and, and you're kind of like they choose you and mm. you choose it and it's, it's sort of like a dating situation. <laughs> it's a, like speed dating. You think, oh, hello, there's a connection there. There's an eye connection and uh, you, you can sort of feel that, uh, which of course is a good way to go. We're going to talk about uh, our dear friend uh, Trish Ennis, who's the CEO of the Companion Animal Network Australia, and a fabulous new website they just got. And so, Trish, we're going to mention that very soon. Don't <laughs> don't worry about that. Of course, the other thing, apart from selecting your pet, is the costs involved. Yeah. And as we get older, we're always looking to save more money. Can you give us some hints and tips on how best to do that, not only with the medical yes. or the, the veterinary costs, but uh, also food and upkeep? That's right. At the end of the day, it's a bit like when we go shopping for ourselves as well. It's about price comparison. So if you've got a family member, if you're not so afraid with the internet yourself, though I know my dad sits on there and he's continuously checking out how much the flea and tick treatments are on different websites and different retailers and the like. So I that is, the same. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a good, easy way to do it as well. And of course, you can ask a family member to do that for you too. So that's a great way. You can save quite a bit of money by, you know, doing your research and buying online, um, buying in bulk as well, um, buying the bigger packs and that as well. Um, I think, you know, we don't want to skimp when it comes to things like food and quality food and that for our dogs because, of course, that can have the other impact on their health. So it's a bit of a catch-22 there. But I think it's shopping around um, and there are now, you know, a lot of charities out there that are are working and and assisting um, some people that are struggling. So if you are really struggling, ask. Also, again, if you've got a family member who's on Facebook, there's so many local community groups out there as well who are willing to help out. They might do food donations and food drives if you're really struggling. I think sometimes if you are struggling, a lot of people are too proud to ask for help. But I think when it comes to your pets, don't be afraid to ask. And veterinary. Well, again, 
shop around. It's quite amazing. A couple and I guess be honest with your vet and say, look, yeah. I'm on a pension. That's I right. can't afford too much. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the terrible moment where, look, you know, little Fifi needs to have a, a reconstruction or something, mm-hmm. which as we know can be really expensive. Uh, and, and those awful moments that vets must have all the time where people say, I just can't afford it. They do. And I think that's where, as I said, there are a lot of vets who will come to the party. There's a lot of great vets out there that will recognise that. There are some as well that offer pay later systems. Um, I've found a few. They're probably not the cheapest ones, so just be careful of that as well. So I do think if you get a quote, you can do the same thing, get three quotes, tell them your situation, and many vets will match that. And as I said, there's, you know, there is a charity called Pets Medical Crisis. So they help aged pensioners who are struggling okay. take care of their pets. At the moment they're in Victoria but they are looking to go national and they're working to assist those that need. So, for example, um, a pensioner or someone struggling financially might get a quote from one veterinary clinic and then they'll take it to a number of um, surgeons and vets that they've got on board who half the time it's half the price. That is wonderful. So we, we've covered uh, some of the food. So go online, ask people if they can help and maybe others, uh, perhaps like a, like a Costco thing where, you know, buy in bulk and uh, sort of do the whole sort of uh, court. Um, this, this dog on your lap is absolute. I wish you could see this everywhere. In fact, we'll, we'll take some photos and I'll get Ian Mac, our producer, to put these up uh, a bit later on. Gorgeous. So what is what is this puppy? Uh, Darcy is basically, a, you know, I do joke and call him a rat with a fur coat and you will end up with hair all over you. He, he is what comes together when you have a – he's apparently Maltese toy poodle. Uh, looks nothing like. He's got 10% terrier. We did a um, DNA test. 10% whippet, 10% chihuahua. And then there's a bit of unknown terrier in there as well. So he is... At the moment, 100% uh, affection. Yes, he just lies around. He just wants to be with his mum. And as you say, when they find you, Darcy found me. He was living with someone else, had been rehomed with someone else as well. And I used to go walk him because he wasn't getting walked and was left alone all day. And this was before I was doing pictures that played the TV show and my dog had passed away. And I was like, oh, I'm making a dog show and I don't have a dog. And, uh, yeah, my ex-partner used to say, he's not your dog, you know. And I said, well, he will be one day. <laughs> and now he is. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll talk about the fact that uh, we're both uh, co-ambassadors mm-hmm. for the uh, Companion Animal Network Australia. Tell me about some something about uh, the, the Lara Shannon story. What, what have you? Where have you come from? What do you do and uh, why do you do it? Look, I decided I was watching a documentary on the orangutans in my early 20s one day and I'd worked in media the and marketing. In Uganda? Uh, Uganda? The, no, the ones in Borneo, Indonesia and Malaysia. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes the, our closest, uh, the ones very close to us but yeah. just with orange hair. Yeah. Um, and I decided that's it. That's all I, I want to do. I want to save the animals. So I quit my job and... And was going to go join Greenpeace. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, do they pay people to do this stuff? <laughs> um, and fortunately, a job was advertised for the Worldwide Fund for Nature. So as they say, the rest is history. I moved to Sydney. Two weeks later, I had a job as their corporate relations officer. So I spent about 20, 25 years working in the conservation space So with groups like Planet Ark. And then I ended up running Keep Australia Beautiful for a long while. So it's all been around the environment and protecting that 
but ultimately to protect our animals. Your mission is to to try and uh, have as many animals uh, rehomed from from homes, yep. uh, f- from the shelters, etc. H- how many pets do you know off the top of your head are euthanized every year? Uh, look, there's around. Uh, the, oh, it's hard to get the exact stats because we don't have to report them here in Australia. But basically, it's you know it's estimated that at least two hundred thousand dogs and cats are needlessly euthanized each year in Australia. But you know that's just a guess. You would have seen a great change, thank goodness, in the the puppy farm situation. Yes, I mean that's how I sort of moved into the animal space after deciding maybe I'd pass my baton on to the younger generation when it came to the the larger animals. I realised that so many of our pets in our own backyard needed um, a hand and, you know, we saw particularly during the pandemic so, so such demand for puppies and, I don't know, maybe it's my eco background but I'm like, hey, why buy new when you can yeah. <laughs> reuse and rehome the old, you know, yeah. that desperately need it. So, um we are seeing a bit of a, a, a clampdown on puppy farms, but unfortunately there's still such a demand for puppies and designer breeds that they're still out there. So where are some of the places that folks might want to go to if they would like to, to get a pet yes. uh, and not get one that's brand new? Where are some of the places? Um, obviously, there's the, the in Melbourne. There's yes. the Lord Smith. That's right. There's the Lord Smith. You've obviously got Second Chance Animal Rescue, um, and we've got you know there's so many. Oh goodness me, Animal Welfare League. There's the Australian Animal Protection Society out in Keysborough. They have all sorts of animals there. Um, if you're looking for a farm animal, <laughs> there's Loki's Lodge. Like there's you know there really are so many. Um, there's Forever Friends as well. Each of the great network of foster carers. Getting the eye I here. Know. Oh darling, aren't you? beautiful just these big brown eyes just staring up at you and of course you know I've got two well in theory these are oodles Darcy's an oodle with everything else and Vindy is I don't know poodle cross some kind of terrier so he's surrounded by doodles so we are we do oodles of oodles of poodles we've obviously got a lot of listeners from not just in Victoria Mm. but uh, all around Australia Uh, the best place to to go to look for your local? Yeah, look, a num- that's where they can go to the Companion Animal Network Australia as well because it has um, one association, one body in each state and territory that they work with, so they can certainly go to there. So we've got the Animal Welfare Leagues, we've got the RSPCA, you have a lot of lost dogs homes as well around the country and there are a lot of local foster groups, cat groups and the like that are out there. So, you know, we've even got greyhound adoption, so you've got breed-specific places as well so if you are really wanting a specific breed you can reach out to them too now just this morning trish ennis who's the uh, ceo of the companion animal network of which you and i are <laughs> co-ambassadors of has sent me a fabulous website and you, you've seen it as well it's just I... came came up positive aging mm. in the company of animals positive aging in the company of animals and it uh, is it's a fabulous website which uh, they're launching across may yeah it's such a beautiful campaign because one of the hardest things is having to give up your animal if you have to move into um, residential care. Um, And it's something that we're really hoping to change. It's something that should change. Mm -hmm. And this is a campaign that's just wonderful because we know that our pets bring us so much joy and love. They help us physically as well. Um, You know, there are so many research pieces out there that show the benefits of owning a pet. So as we age... 
it makes sense that they continue living on with us. So I think it's a really important campaign and hopefully we get a lot of traction with it. Well, this will certainly help to uh, to give you some tools as to um, what might help you as far as uh, being pet friendly, uh, how to uh, find pet accommodation, contacts, links and many other things as well. So just repeating, it's it's one word, pet friendly aged care. .com.au and I'm sure that if you go on to the Companion Animal Network Australia website you'll see a link to that as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of resources out there now and and what do you hope to see the government do change if you were in if you were the prime minister mm-hmm. what would you be doing? Oh I absolutely would be making Australia a lot more pet friendly than what it currently is. I would be offering um, some support to age to the elderly and aged um, care in their packages getting benefits so they can support their animals with their medical care and then also encouraging and making it more feasible for aged care residential aged care to allow people to take their pets in with them and provide services because the difficulty is is often those services who's going to look after the dog who's going to walk the dog so if that became part of the aged care package then we would be able to make it happen more and we know that the health benefits will save money on the other side of the the fence so it all makes sense what are some of the the biggest mistakes we make when we get a pet I think the biggest one is, particularly for people getting puppies, is that they reinforce the behaviour that they don't want when the dog becomes an adult dog. So the puppy comes in the house and they're allowed to jump all over everything. They're allowed to pull your hair. They're allowed to bite and it's all great fun. We get them riled up. And then when they become, you know, a 12-month-old adult dog, 30-kilo Labrador who's jumping up trying to bite your hair and pull, everyone then starts telling them off. So not setting boundaries straight up and then obviously with the rescue dog it's all around consistency so we're, we're often not consistent with setting those boundaries one minute something's okay then the next minute it's not and the dog's just confused and often we've trained the dog on a behavior without even realizing it or we've reinforced an unwanted behavior like patting them when they're jumping up on us that's just reinforcing the dog um and you know just simple things like that so i think that's the biggest one reinforcing that behavior and then also not recognizing um that fear-based aggression comes from a place of anxiety so a lot of people telling their dogs off punishing their dogs for barking at other dogs or lunging at other dogs and people and not recognizing that actually your dog is frightened and they're just trying to get that threat away so how about not taking them to the dog park i have a 12 year old little shih tzu gorgeous daisy and she goes berserk at some sort of types of dogs, usually big fluffy dogs. What's that about? Well, often as well, dogs have certain reactions to either they've had a negative experience in that first 16 weeks of their life. That's the most critical period of any dog's life. Their memories are retained for 80% of their memories are formed in that first 16 weeks. So like Vindy, who was locked up in the backyard for the first six months, he had no socialisation. Then he was taken to dog parks and flooded with too much socialisation, playing with big rough dogs. Now he sees a dog that perhaps when he was at first taken to a park was trying to play he's now frightened of those dogs so he might be okay with certain little white fluffy ones because he had really good experiences as a puppy with them but he didn't have a good experience with a big scary alsatian or he'd just never seen one so often if a dog hasn't encountered what we call a trigger they'll react to it and if they've had a good experience in those first 16 weeks they'll love them if they've had a bad or scary experience then they'll hate them great advice look uh I've got to ask, do you, do you have a website? 
I do. So I've got a couple, but larashannon.com is my main one there. So that talks all about me. There's lots of articles on there. And then it, of course, links through to Pooches at Play as well. People can get advice from you if they go on your website and, and ask questions. They certainly can. They can go on there. I mean, as I said, they just type in um, a topic and on the Pooches at Play website, that'll come up and a whole pile of articles, videos from the TV series. And there's even a couple of books on there as well. There are some books and you've <laughs> written a few books. Tell me some of the books you've written. So Eat, Play, Love Your Dog was the first one I wrote back in 2020. So that's all around, Eat is all around food and nutrition. So breaking down all the different diet types that are on the market and all the confusion about choosing what your dog should be eating. So I explain all the different diet types and the pros and cons, and then also the role that diet plays in our dog's health and their overall well-being, including behaviour. Um, play is all around building a bond with your dog and a bit of training and behaviour, nothing too intense. And then uh, love is all around health and taking care of them. And then the most recent one is World of Dogs, and that's just all fun facts and stats about dogs all around the world, how they came to be, and just lots of interesting points. I learned so much myself in writing that book. That's L-A-R-A Shannon. Dot com. Go there, you'll find lots of things, as we've also mentioned, to uh, go to CAN, the Companion Animal Network Australia. You'll find lots of information there. And uh, Lara and I say are ambassadors and there's some wonderful things that are happening and uh, more exciting things ahead. If you can find a, yourself a pet, if you've had one and you think, oh, I don't know if I do, have a think about it, talk to the right people, get advice from Lara. That's a great idea. Uh, and, and make sure it's the right pet for you. But uh, your life, as we know, is so much more enriched when you have uh, little furry four-legged friends as part of your life. Lara, thank you for spending time with us today on Your Life Choices. Pleasure. It's been wonderful as well and such important messages to get out there. And we do hope you've enjoyed this podcast from Your Life Choices. And as always, if you know someone who you believe could benefit from Australia's longest established and most trusted digital destination for the over 50s, then please spread the word. Membership is and will always be free. I'm John Deeks, and on behalf of the Your Life Choices team and also Lara Shannon, be well, be happy, and we'll see you next time.